0: flavors french vanilla sweet and creamy and caramel macchiato so you can switch things up depending on your mood look for your favorite flavor next time you're at your grocery store and be prepared to say goodbye to your barista international delight cold foam creamer it's foaming delicious this is episode number 1144 with new york times best-selling author rory vaden Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. Alexander Graham Bell said the only difference between success and failure is the ability to take Action and Napoleon Hill said, Don't wait, the time will never be just. Right. My guest today is my good friend Rory Vaden. He's a New York Times bestselling author and co-founder of Brand Builders Group, which is one of the leading personal brand strategy firms that focuses on helping people become the type of person that everyone wants to be in business with. This is the third part of our series together that I'm excited to share with you. Every time I connect with Rory, I learn something new. He gives me great strategy and insights and in helping me build my brand and my business, and he's my go-to guy that I lean on for strategy on my personal personal brand. And in this episode, we discuss the mindset shifts and practices to stop Procrastinating, how to rewire your brain to become an ultra performer in your life, why focusing on too many things is sabotaging you. Yes, I know you've got a lot of passions, sometimes it might be sabotaging you. Why having integrity matters not only for yourself, but also your business and life and so much more. If you're enjoying this, make sure to text a few friends or post this over on social media and spread the message of greatness to more people. That's what this is all about inspiring others. be great as well and if this is your first time here click the subscribe button right now over on apple Podcasts or spotify and leave a review at the end of the part you enjoyed the most okay in just a moment the one and only rory vaden welcome back everyone to the school of greatness very excited about our guest today rory vaden is in the house (laughs) my man excited about this we are talking about the science of success and how to really achieve anything that you can imagine in your life, your biggest goals, your biggest dreams. But a lot of people have dreams, they have big goals, but most people never accomplish them. Uh Why is that?
1: So the number one enemy I think that is working against people that they don't even realize is procrastination.
0: Okay, Um, why do we procrastinate? So
1: there's a number of reasons. There's a number of reasons why we procrastinate. The number one reason, according to psychologists, why we procrastinate is because of self-criticism really it's thinking that i won't be good enough that i'm not you know i'm not smart enough i'm not capable so why should i even bother like this isn't going to work out for me and and there's a lot of extraordinary pressure with that but there's three types of procrastination yep that uh, and, and and most of us are aware only of the first type so so classic procrastination is consciously delaying what we know we should be doing Right? So I I have some bills on the counter. I know I should pay them, but I'm tired and I'm exhausted, right? Yeah. So rather than paying the bills, I'm going to like Netflix and chill and like not pay my bills.
0: So that's the first type of procrastination. Okay, the second which, one, which is
1: classic procrastination.
0: Classic procrastination.
1: Yeah. The second one is actually one I identified in my own life um, back <laughs> when we were doing the research for for this um which is is funny because, you know, when take the Series came out, suddenly I'm supposed to be like one of the world's experts or whatever on procrastination, and here I struggle with procrastination in my own life. So rather um, than calling myself a procrastinator, I invented this new term, which I really love, (laughs) because not only does it more aptly describe what I struggle with, it also sounds very, like, academic and sophisticated. Um, And so the the term that we coined is creative avoidance. Okay. And creative avoidance is different, (laughs) and this is something that people do as an art form. Creative avoidance is subconsciously creating things for yourself to do so that you can do those things as a means of feeling productive but really it's a giant scheme for avoiding doing mm. the things you know you should be doing even when you don't feel like doing them.
0: For example for you what what's a creative avoidance? I mean
1: email is probably the is is yeah. the, is the the ultimate perpetrator of of creative avoidance, right? It's just like it's, I
0: know I need to do this other thing. I know I need to work on my book. Or I know I need to create this process for my business. Sales I know I, calls. Yes. You gotta
1: you gotta deal with a negative customer service issue. Mm. You have to have confront an underperforming an employee. I mean, there's
0: I know I gotta go to the dentist and clean my teeth. Yeah. The things that you know you need to do, but you want to avoid because it's painful or it's frustrating or it's gonna take energy and time. Energy,
1: or, yeah. And we, we blow it out and we make it we make it way worse in our mind than it actually is. But You know, you can. It's it's wild how we do this, and this is this is where some of the neuroscience comes in because you know your your brain is actually working against you here. In in that, um, if you look at a a brain like under brain scan, uh, the brain loves to complete things. There's a hit of dopamine, which is Mm -hmm. the chemical you know that's released in into your body, which makes you feel pleasure when you complete things. So um, when you check things off, like you delete an email, or you—by um, you, the way, you, you know this is you struggle with this—if you've ever completed something that wasn't on your to-do list and then you add it to the to-do list just so you can cross it off, yeah. why? Because the brain releases and says, "Oh, I'm—I feel good. I'm accomplishing things." Right. But really, what we're doing is we're allowing ourselves to engage in the in the trivial. Um, in the in the absence of clear intention, we become s- strangely loyal and addicted to meaningly acts of trivia mm-hmm. because the brain is rewarding that behavior. People are literally addicted to email or cleaning social out media. their text or their DMs or social media. They're addicted to it the way you would be addicted to a substance. It's like mm. a, it's, it's a, you're tied to this chemical reaction. But ultra performers, um, you know, the people we study these people, we profile these top one percenters, they do things differently. And they, they have realized that, that success Mm. and greatness is not related to the volume of tasks that you complete, but simply the significance of them. And, uh, ultra performers are able to get themselves to do the things they know they should be doing, even when they don't Feel. how do
0: they get themselves to do that
1: so there's seven seven things and we yeah. can we can rip through them but you know the metaphor here is take the stairs okay so so you know that's the title of the book comes from take the stairs yeah. which is a metaphor for we just we live in an escalator mentality world it's mm. easier to gravitate towards the path of least resistance towards what is convenient towards what is comfortable mm. this is an escalator and yet the truth of success is In in any endeavor, any industry, like when you, all the people that you've interviewed here, it's always the same story. It's that they were able to get themselves to do things they know they should be doing even when they don't feel like doing them, i.e. take the stairs. Mm. So what we're trying to do um, is take the stairs. It's discipline. Um, Discipline is the antidote to procrastination. Yes. Um, And there are, there's seven key strategies um, that you know, we can talk through, but but understanding that the enemy is procrastination and these three types, which we haven't covered the third one yet, but um, procrastination is uh, always there. And in fact, so the the third type of procrastination is called priority dilution. And this is fascinating to study. Priority dilution is the chronic overachievers form of procrastination. Mm. What's different about it is, Unlike the first two, so classic procrastination and creative avoidance, um, you know, priority dilution is not about being lazy or disengaged or distracted, but it is the same net result of, of the first two, which is that you, you leave the office or you end your day with your most significant priorities incomplete, not because you're lazy, but because you allowed your attention to shift to less significant, but perhaps more urgent tasks. Uh, Charles Hummel once uh, wrote an essay called The Tyranny of the Urgent. Uh, I believe it was mm. in 1969. And he's talking about how we uh, are victims to the tyranny of the urgent. And the, the more successful you become, the the, the the more you become a leader, the higher you accelerate in an organization, your enterprise grows as an entrepreneur. You've got more and more people vying for your attention, the bigger your personal brand grows. Mm-hmm. You've got more and more opportunities, more distractions, more things coming at you, and your priorities, if, if left unchecked, naturally dilute.
0: Right. So you got to, yeah, okay. So priority dilution.
1: Yeah, so, so that's the third type of procrastination. Yes. So, you know, the question is, Right. if procrastination is problem, what's the solution? Right. And I really believe the solution can be boiled down to one word. And it's a word that nobody <laughs> likes, um, it's discipline. Yeah. And it's not hard work, there's, there's, a, di- there's a difference, there's a right. distinction. Discipline is doing the things you know you should be doing, even when you don't feel like doing them. If you can develop the ability to do that, then you literally have unlocked the mm. ability to do anything in life which unlocks the ability to achieve virtually anything.
0: Yeah, and I think Greg McKeown was talking about you know, the effortless pursuit of accomplishing. Like how can we, what's the, the, there's like the path of resistance that will get you there, but when you know you need to take the hard path, how can you make it feel effortless? How can you play games with yourself when you gotta do chores? How can you sing a song when you're mopping the floor, whatever it is, how can you make it feel effortless? So it's not like this is exhausting and draining and oh, I got to do this in order to get somewhere in 10 years. It's how can I reframe my mind around the activity to support me in having energy in the thing I don't want to do. So let's talk not about, be drained by the thing that I don't want to do.
1: Yes. So that is the first principle. Actually, it's called the paradox principle of sacrifice. Mm. So, um, now you mentioned Greg McEwen. um, uh, his, you know, essentialism was his big, like, breakout book. Um, and the, the whole message of that book is the disciplined pursuit of less.
0: Really? That's not, the, not trying to do everything.
1: No, yeah, just the pursuit of less. That's mm-hmm. what essentialism, that's how he describes it the discipline. Being
0: disciplined by focusing on by focusing less on, things. On,
1: on less things that are more significant, right? So, but you bring up the conversation of going, okay, well, You know, people here take the stairs and it's like, well, I don't want to take the stairs. You know, it's like, I don't want the hard work and you have to reframe it. So here's the paradox principle. Um, In fact, I'm going to tell you a story. So in Colorado, where I grew up, Mm -hmm. we are world famous for the Rocky Mountains. Yes. Okay. So to the Western part of the state, we have the great Rocky Mountains. Um, What a lot of people don't realize about Colorado is that as as a state, it's divided almost exactly in half. And to the eastern part of the state are the Great Kansas Plains. So it's really flat. Mm-hmm. Because of that unique topographical landscape, Colorado is one of the only places in the world that has both buffalo and cows in very close proximity to mm. each other. Interesting. Um, have I ever told you this? I don't think I've ever Not shared sure. this with yeah, you. Yeah. Okay, so what happens, um, <laughs> there's a fascinating lesson to learn about greatness and achievement and success from studying the way that these two creatures respond to storms. So when a storm comes, storms almost always brew, start in the west, and they like brew in the west, and then they roll out towards the east. And what cows do is very natural. Cows can sense that a storm is coming from this direction. And so a cow will turn east to run away from the storm. Now the only problem with that is it's if, gonna
0: catch up if to catches it catches up with them, right? <laughs> so
1: the storm catches them, and and without knowing any better, the cows continue to try to outrun the mm. storm, and, and they actually run with the storm,
0: and they get trapped by the fence, and then they're stuck there. <laughs> like
1: yeah. they're 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 doing they're making it worse um, <laughs> because they're trying right. to outrun the storm, right. which is stupid. But here's the thing: humans do the exact same thing. Right. All the time. Mm-hmm. We are constantly trying to avoid these inevitable challenges that come along with the difficult circumstances that our very own choices have led us to be in. I can speak from personal experience here. Um, there was a time in my life where I was 45 pounds overweight. Mm-hmm. People who are unhealthy are always making rationalizations for why it doesn't matter. Nothing works. I've already tried it. It's not that big of a deal. It's fine. Um, I've also been, there was a time in my life where I was over $50,000 in personal debt. Mm. People who are in debt constantly finding, trying to find ways around paying their bills and, and and you know, avoiding- Paying off the
0: minimums and spending money on other things. Yeah, and, they keep yeah.
1: spending. Um, people who are struggling in their marriage are often avoiding the difficult but meaningful conversations that need to be had yes. if there's any hope of reconciling that relationship. Right. And the key insight that the ultra performers have had that most of us have not is ultra performers have realized- problems that are procrastinated on are only amplified.
0: Mm.
1: Problems procrastinated on are amplified. So so waiting always makes it worse. Now, here's what buffalo do. This is very unique for the animal kingdom. So buffalo wait for the storm to cross, like, right over the crest of of the mountaintop. And as the storm rolls over the ridge, buffalo turn and they charge directly into the storm. That's crazy. So they run at the storm, and by running at the storm, they run straight through it, which actually minimizes Mm. the amount of pain Mm. and time and frustration they experience from that storm. It's such a great metaphor for all of us because all of us are dealing with different storms in life. Um, You know, we have relationship struggles and health Mm -hmm. battles and we're trying to launch a business and we got young babies and, you know, all these different, you know, COVID and we all have challenges. Um, We don't get a choice about whether or not we have storms. The only choice that we have is how we respond Mm -hmm. to those storms. Yes. And more specifically, when we respond to those storms. So the natural human default is to run away from the storm. But we what we what we miss is that it actually makes it worse. So th- th- this brings us to the paradox principle of sacrifice, which simply stated is this: easy short-term choices lead to difficult long-term consequences. Yes. Meanwhile, difficult short-term choices lead to easy long-term consequences. I've
0: got a perfect example. I'm living in right now from a long-term consequence. 20 years ago, uh, I had a, I had surgery. I had eight teeth removed because I needed braces. Uh. So I, I put that off for a number of years without doing that. But then I finally got my wisdom teeth removed and then four more teeth. Huh. So it's wisdom and then four. And I was delaying it, delay, delay. but I was having like pain, right? Finally get the teeth removed and I'm supposed to do, let it heal for a couple months and then go get braces on. Okay. And I'm thinking, this is so painful. I don't want to have two, three more years of braces now and deal with more pain. And I said, you know what? I'll just live my life like this with four, four gaps. I can still chew everything. I, it doesn't look too bad. Uh, let me just live my life like this. Okay. And for 20 years, I had problems, little problems that continue to stack up. I had digestive problems because my back teeth weren't fully touching, so they weren't actually chewing the food properly. I finally started chipping my teeth in the front that I had to fix a couple times because it was only the front two teeth that were actually chomping and connecting. And I realized, wow, this is going to impact my overall health, not just my teeth and my mouth, but my entire lifestyle if I don't solve this pain now. So at 36, I said, okay, I'm getting braces and, uh, and, and making you know, retainer braces and, uh, it's more painful now, but I'm also glad that I'm taking the actions now and not waiting five, 10, 20 That's years right. when it's my teeth are falling out or something. So I'm, I'm taking the disciplined, uh, pursuit of the pain now for greater health for the rest of my life. Yeah,
1: and, and that's the, the, the switch, and, and right? Problems procrastinated on are always amplified. Yes. Now, now, here's the shift, and this is really important. We think of it as a sacrifice. I'm enduring pain. But the truth is, we always experience pain. You, I, we all, we're, we're all trying to go through life trying to dodge mm-hmm. pain. It's impossible. It's inevitable the only we always experience pain the only choice we have is whether or not we pay that price now today or we pay it later with interest procrastination and indulgence are really nothing more than creditors that charge you interest which means when you make the sacrifice just as the buffalo charging the storm it's not a sacrifice you're just you're it's a short-term down payment on a, f- a rich future blessing. It's, it's just harder now, mm-hmm. but it's easier in the long term. See, people misunderstand Take the Stairs. They think it's like, oh, just you know, do the hard thing, make your life as hard as possible. No, it's the freaking opposite. Take the Stairs is a methodology for giving you the easiest <laughs> life, the best life, the most rewarding life, like the easiest life, but it is predicated upon an unpopular truth, which is that, the shortest, most guaranteed path to the easy life is to do the hardest parts of things mm-hmm. as soon as possible yeah. so as to avoid the, the interest that will come with it if you wait.
0: Yeah. What is, um, there's like this quote about entrepreneurship or something like, you know, those, I'm going to butcher this, but be willing to do the things today. Um you, 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 it's like, it's like you a meme online. Do what
1: others want aren't, so that aren't have willing to do. can have what others can't. Yeah, later. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's, do the
0: things that others aren't willing to do now so you can have what others won't have later for yeah. the rest of your life. Yeah, Dave Ramsey I says, says live
1: like no one else so later you can live like no one else. Exactly. Because, you know, teaching people to get it's out like of It's like if head.
0: you don't pay the price today, you'll be paying the price forever later.
1: Right. So it's like,
0: You know what feels good? Winning. And not just in sports. Like when your coffee's still warm once you reach your job site. Or when you finish a project days before the deadline and coming in under budget. That's claiming victory. You can even claim victory on your taxes by losing your current tax preparer and switching to H&R Block. And once you do, you'll start to feel like a tax champion. Because at Block, you'll have many ways to get your taxes done. You can walk in, make an appointment, or drop off your documents at a time that's convenient for you. You'll get 100 accuracy on your max refund or your money back. Plus, with their upfront transparent pricing, you'll know the price of your tax prep before you even get started. So make room on that trophy shelf and prepare to tax like a champion this tax season at H&R Block. Make an appointment at hrblock.com. Disclaimer, all tax situations are different. Not everyone gets a refund. Limitations apply. Description of benefits and details at hrblock.com slash guarantees.
1: is life going to be hard? Life is hard either way. Yeah. It's, do you want it to be a little bit hard now or a lot of it hard later? <laughs> exactly. So that's the reframe. And, and this is what was, what, what was really fun about, about the take the stairs book was realizing, Oh, ultra
0: performers don't
1: like discipline any more than now, I do.
0: I like to sleep in.
1: Yes. But they have learned to train their brain to think differently about it. Mm -hmm. And you have to train the brain to process choices differently. Um, And once you do, discipline isn't as hard as we think once we know how to think about it the right way. And this is a great example. When you make the calculation, most people just go, oh, that's hard. I'm not going to do it. Well, an ultra performer goes, well, that's hard, but if I don't do it, it's going to be harder later, mm-hmm. so I'll do it now. Yes. And and that opens the gate. So that's the first. It's the, par- we call it the yes. paradox principle of and, sacrifice. And that's
0: sacrifice. What's the second?
1: Yeah, so the second one is the buy-in principle of commitment. Um, and this is really interesting. So whenever we're forced to make a choice, a decision about something that is, is hard, you um, There's two types of energy that are expended in our decision-making. We have a visual for this that's called Mm -hmm. the the commitment continuum. And so basically, you know, uh, the first type of energy is the one that we all think of. It's the physical energy required to execute the decision. Um, For example, you know, let's just take an easy one like New Year's resolution. I'm going to lose weight, Mm -hmm. right? When the time comes to go to to the gym... The thought process for most of us sounds like this. We say, do I feel like working out right now? And what's the answer to that question? No, no never. I don't feel like working out now or ever. Yeah. And for many people, most people, that's the end of the conversation. Um, the human brain is not designed for success. The human brain is designed for survival. Right. Survival is about conserving energy. Success is the opposite. Success is about expending energy, doing things that are uncomfortable. So it doesn't mean if you do this, if you struggle with procrastination, if you've made bad choices, it doesn't mean you're doomed for failure. It actually means you have a perfectly functioning, healthy, normal human brain. Mm -hmm. But success is not normal. Success is not average. Success is not what most people experience. If you are trying to experience success, you need to rewire literally the neural pathways in your brain. It is a neurological rewiring that you're doing to yourself. It's like you're reprogramming mm-hmm. your own computer. Right, right. And part of that is knowing that um, you, we learned from the ultra performers there's another type of energy expended in our decision making, which isn't physical energy, it's emotional energy. And what we learned is that there's emotional energy expended in simply making decisions. And in fact, very often, the emotional energy of making the decision is much greater than the physical energy of executing the decision. And if you think about the gym example, it's not getting ourselves onto the treadmill once we're at the gym that's the hard part. It's when we're sitting on the couch deciding... (laughs) whether or not to go to the gym to go to the gym yeah but once you get there the physical energy is there it's the emotional energy that is clouding the decision it is making it feel worse than it actually is
0: is that why it's important to when you make the commitment to schedule the commitments in
1: um yeah i mean that helps every 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 little thing helps but right. so so here's here's the strategy to follow through on commitments that um, you make that become difficult, which happens, yes. okay? So in the commitment continuum, you make this decision, emotional energy is expended, and then it becomes difficult. And you've got two choices. You can move forward with what you said you wanted to do, or you can turn back towards the way you've always done things.
0: So uh, I'm gonna go to the gym five days a week for the year. That's my that's my commitment.
1: Oh, for the whole, for the whole year. Yeah.
0: That's what someone might say. News resolution. I'm going to go to the gym five days a week for the year.
1: Yeah. So 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 yes. So it could be that it could be I'm going to I'm going to double our growth. You know I'm going to mm-hmm. triple our growth. Here's what happens in the moment when it becomes difficult. Most people. Okay. Um, you know the the attitude that most most of us have is like, is this possible? You know, did I make the right decision? Um, mm-hmm. Can I? Can I do this? Mm. And the and and the key is to instead ask the question how, not is it possible? Can it be possible? Do I feel like doing it? Okay, the, the, most of it it's it should it's should versus how most people say should I do this? Should I follow through? Should I make a different commitment? Um, and you know you end up becoming what I like to call a should head. Right? <laughs> Don't be a should head. Because should gravitate you mm-hmm. back towards the neutral, towards, towards the safe. Um, the, 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 the mindset of the ultra performer is one degree different. And, and their attitude says, well, I'm, I'm in this for good. I already committed mm. to this. And so the question is, how? How will I pull this off?
0: How will I execute this commitment?
1: How will I hit that target? How will I meet this deadline? How will I get out of debt? How will I lose that Mm, weight? mm -hmm. How will I save this marriage? How? And so you have to intentionally create the question, how, Mm -hmm. okay, so that you don't inadvertently create the question should. Because should I, or can I, or is it possible, pulls it back towards the negative or towards the neutral. And, And here's the thing about the brain and just science in general. Neutral isn't good enough. Mm. Neutral is negative. Mm. Neutral is absent a positive charge. Neutral is negative. So, it doesn't mean you have to be like over the top crazy like, you know, banging on your chest doing affirmations like all the time like you can do those things. It just means you have to at least be on 1 degree to the side of I'm not I'm not allowing myself to question if I'm going to keep the commitment. I'm dedicating 100% of my energy into asking, how am I going to keep this commitment? Sure. It's not, should I stay married? It's, how can I fix this? Mm. How can I stay married? How can I resolve this? Right. That one degree of of separation in the brain over the course of time creates a trajectory of two completely different outcomes um, for the same person.
0: Got it. Okay. So that's about... The, the question, how, around the commitment.
1: Intentionally ask the question, how.
0: Okay. And what would be the next step then?
1: Yeah. So focus um, is, is 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 one of them, um, you know, as we just kind of breeze through some of these. Um, focus is the idea that focus is power.
0: yeah uh, How know? does someone stay focused when life happens? You, when you go through a, a, someone dies in the family, when the pandemic hits, when you go bankrupt whatever someone breaks up with you you lose your job how do you stay focused under extreme emotional breakdown
1: well you can't allow your you can't allow your ability to stay focused to be dependent on your circumstances because there's always circumstances always always you're you're, there's always something going on in your life that's creating challenge and difficulty and pressure
0: so it's almost like certain things need to be non-negotiables
1: yeah, you decide. So 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 here's what you do is it is you decide. You have to decide each and every day, consciously, intentionally, mm-hmm. deliberately. Um, I know we did another episode on multiplying time and the focus funnel. Yes. That that is kind of a framework that's from the procrastinate on purpose, my second book, about how to figure out what to focus on. But at the end of the day, you just have to decide what you are willing to to and, and, and wanting to go after and realizing that until you accomplish those things, everything else in your life is a distraction. Mm-hmm. Everything else is a distraction. But, but focus is power. And when you have diluted focus, you get diluted results. Right. Most people are getting diluted results in their life not because they're not smart enough or not good enough, it's because they're distracted. Mm-hmm. They are allowing their time, attention, and resources to fragment to dissipate, to disintegrate, to spread. And what you need is focused energy mm-hmm. to create a, a, a breakthrough.
0: And this this is the example of Sheehan's wall, right? Yeah, we
1: talk about that with personal brands.
0: What is, who is Sheehan? what is she Who is Sheehan and what's his I, wall? I always love this concept though. Um,
1: so Sheehan's wall is, a, is a,
0: because, a... Before we go into that, okay. because a lot of people, especially in uh, the entrepreneurs that are following or listening and watching the people that are building personal brands, they have lots of things they wanna do at once. I've got this passion and these passions, and I wanna try this thing, and I wanna build four different companies at once. Yeah. And they say, which one do I choose? So when someone's got a lot of passions, they wanna do it all at the same time, how can this example support them?
1: Well, is, is your question, how do they know which one to choose or, or well, I set why, up the- why do they need to choose one? Yes. Why do yeah. they need to choose one, okay? So Sheehan's Wall is an illustration. We named it after Peter Sheehan, who is a colleague of mine. He's a speaker, a really brilliant guy. Uh, he's the first person that I kind of heard the concept for, and we've adapted a little bit, but it really came from him. So we, we named it after him, which is that in personal branding, you've got two groups of people. There are those who are unknown, And there are those who are known. Yes. And there's this huge invisible wall that you have to break through. Um, And what most of us do is we're trying to break through the wall. And so we're trying to emulate, you know, these people over here and like going, oh, I want to have, I want to talk about all these different topics and have all these different business models and be on all these different social media platforms. And I have to do all these different jobs. Mm -hmm. And they're bouncing off the wall. They complain about noise, but they actually are the noise. They are part of the noise because mm-hmm. they're doing a lot of different things. And and when you have diluted focus, you get diluted results. The way to break through the wall, and this is you know kind of to what to
0: build audience attention, credibility, results, all those things.
1: Yes. So and that's you know, personal branding is what we just happen to do, but this she wall applies beyond that. But in personal branding, we would say we help clients figure out what's the one thing that they could be known for. Uh, find their uniqueness is, mm-hmm. the, is the term that we would use and you, the way you break through the wall is by becoming the world's leading authority
0: on one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, not 10 things Not at 10 once. things, one thing. One thing first, and then when you break through.
1: Then you can expand into other things. Yes. Um, so, I mean, if you look at my personal brand as an example, okay, so we're talking about Take the Stairs. I broke through the wall on Take the Stairs. Mm-hmm. That book, you know, when, when we launched it and you know, AJ and I created this plan and our whole team, we worked together, we launched this book, we hit number two on the New York Times. I was 29 years old. That was part of how we broke through all. That's how I met you. Was, right. That was how I got the first time on the podcast. It was years ago at this yeah, point. Yeah. And then now, you know, we've been able to expand into some other things. Influence, really, is what we study. Um, but money is the same way. So um, the Sheehan's Wall applies to money. You've heard people say multiple revenue streams. Yes. Multiple revenue streams is horrible advice. <laughs> it is horrible advice for a beginner.
0: For a beginner, yes. You
1: do not want multiple revenue streams when you're beginning you need one revenue stream that is really good
0: focused attention
1: that is how it works and if you look at almost every billionaire they didn't do it by having a lot of different things at first at first they made their first million on one thing they dominated one thing and they blew through the wall and then they got a, a, a little bit of money And then they invested it, and then it then they
0: diversified into different assets, and then it
1: grew into other things. Yes, but you don't need multiple streams of revenue. All that's doing is diluting your focus, which is going to dilute your results. You're going to bounce off the wall financially. It's the same thing.
0: This is something when we, uh, you know, when I got into teaching LinkedIn in two thousand seven, eight, and nine. Yes,
1: you're a great example of this.
0: I remember. at that time, I was researching and reading a lot of blogs and following people on social media who called themselves social media experts, teaching all social media. And I was like, I'm, I know a lot about these things, but mm-hmm. I'm not the expert on all social media. But I don't know, I was like, and very competitive and ego-driven at the time. I was like, I will outbeat anyone <laughs> I'm teaching. I will crush you. <laughs> LinkedIn, like no one can out LinkedIn like me. That was my mindset because I was just so, uh, um, so much time and energy on it and I was getting results for people. And I just said, I'm going to create, I created a book that helped with credibility. I was doing workshops and events for about a year and selling the book. Um, And then when I found kind of like my breakthrough thing, which was creating a course and using webinars as the engine to sell and build audience and then teach and then sell, I just said, I'm going to sell this one course over and over until it doesn't sell anymore. I'm tired. You want to do something else. And for the next year and a half, I sold a $1,000 course every single week. And I just said, how can I master being a better teacher of this on the the webinar presentation? How can I learn webinars better to draw audience? How can I gain credibility to get leads? And I just sold that same thing over and over for about a year and a half. And that-
1: And you did that one thing- One thing, every week,
0: every week. And that helped me break through the wall of being known as the LinkedIn guy that everyone came to for advice, speaking, opportunities, articles, whatever it may be. Then after about a year and a half of doing that, I said, okay, people are now coming to me and asking me, can you teach me about Facebook? Can you teach me about email marketing? Can you teach me about webinars? How have you done this so much to get these big results selling this program? Then I had the credibility, I broke through the wall on LinkedIn teaching, open up a little funnel where, okay, I can teach this if I want to and this But you have to also be aware of not diluting your efforts once you break through because then opportunities come in and you can say yes to everything and be back to kind of like square right. one at a different level. Yeah,
1: there's a really a series of walls, yes. and they get they're bigger and bigger ponds. It's like you're a big you you want to be a big fish in a small pond, and then you go to a bigger pond, and then you got to conquer through, that one. Yeah, and in each one, is a matter, of focus. I mean, Bruce Lee said this uh, great. He said, "I fear not the man who has a thousand kicks. I fear the man who has one kick that he's practiced a thousand times." Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. All right. Like uh, so that's what we're talking about mm-hmm. here and and this is a, <clears throat> a massive problem. The personal brands that we work with um, this is one of the number one things that we're helping them with is going like if you want to get to the next stage you don't have if you don't have a team of a thousand employees right. you can't do everything that Dave Ramsey does or right. Gary Vaynerchuk does like you got six people like you need to dominate the thing mm-hmm. and crush it which is what you guys have done a very disciplined job of, yeah. of, of going all in on the podcast in mm-hmm. recent years. And it's growing exponentially. Mm-hmm. And you guys, I mean, look, you're one of the top podcasters in the world yeah. and you're, you're, you're because you're focusing it, but you've said no to a lot of other things. A lot
0: of money making opportunities. And that's the thing that's hard and scary for people that it's like, well, I could make money here and I can do this cool thing here but how much time and energy will that thing take away from the main thing which could multiply and expand and be 10 times more revenue or opportunities uh, if you actually just focused on it. And so for years, we did everything. We tried to build multiple different programs and courses and events and things, and we realized, okay, what are the things that are supporting us and what are the things that we could do but we shouldn't be doing because it's taking too much time and energy away from the main thing. Bingo. And uh, the more clarity and focus you can have on that main thing and be committed to that sacrifice, the better results you'll get. Absolutely. So what's the next uh, step?
1: All right. So the fourth, the fourth of the, the seven here, we're, I know we're breezing through them, but is the creation principle of integrity.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, what does integrity mean in your mind?
1: Well, so to me, integrity is simply the congruence between your words and your actions. Um but people underestimate the importance and the value of the spoken word as it, it is connected to creating the life that they want.. Mm-hmm. All of creation follows a very simple pattern, all of creation. You think it, you speak it, you act, and if you have integrity, it happens. Mm. You think it, you speak it, you act, it happens. You think it, you speak it, you act it, it, happens. Everything from this table to this building is somebody had an idea, they thought it, then they spoke it, they wrote it out, they told somebody, they created a plan, then they acted, they, they, they built it, and then it was real and somebody sold it, right? Like you think it, you speak it, you act, it happens.
0: And if you had integrity throughout the entire process,
1: it's going to accelerate it. It's going to be more likely to come true. And if
0: you don't have integrity,
1: it's not going to come true because, because the um, words are the first manifestation of our ideas into reality. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people have different religious beliefs, but if, if you look at ancient scripture, um, just the, the Bible, strictly from the purpose of how does it say that God created the world? It says he spoke the world into existence. Wow. And then it says that we were created in his image, which if that's true, that means we have the same power. Now, whatever your religious beliefs are or what they are, but it's it's kind of irrefutable to say, look, as I say something, if people know that I am someone who does what I say I'm going to do,
0: yeah. it's
1: easier for them to rally behind me. It's easier for them to support me. Like if, if I say, we let's meet up for lunch tomorrow at 11, and you trust me, you're gonna be there. Mm-hmm. But if I say, yeah, we should meet up for lunch tomorrow at 11, you're like, he's not gonna be there. like right. Or he'll be there at It My integrity affects my integrity mm-hmm. and my track record of the alignment between my words and actions actually shapes the way the world externally responds to me and everything that I do. Mm-hmm. As I am known for integrity, People put a lot of stock and weight and trust into what I say, and they align around it. Yes. As there is a breakdown or a breach of my integrity, then um, people don't put too much stock and weight and trust, and they don't align around it. But you know, if Oprah says she wants to do something, the whole world will jump to align around mm-hmm. it. You know, um, it, she has that that trust that how do, stock.
0: How, how does someone learn the art of? being 100% in integrity when we are flawed, broken human beings that will probably in some way, shape or form always be a little bit out of integrity on being exactly on time or there's breakdowns or traffic, you know, it's, sure. how do we learn the art of being the best level of integrity we can be?
1: It's it's mostly just a constant pursuit Mm -hmm. of that alignment And, and it is and it is intentionally creating a future for yourself. So mm. this is this is also the way that you talk about yourself. So look, if let's just say, if if a student says, um, let's say a kid has a teacher that says, you know what? Oh, you know that your that answer was stupid. I can't believe you said that. And the kid hears it as mm. I'm stupid. Mm. Okay, and then they start repeating to themselves, I'm stupid. So y- you think it, and now. Now you're thinking, I'm stupid. And then you speak it. You start telling people, yeah, I'm stupid. I'm not good at school. I don't like school. School is dumb. School is a waste of time. So now you're speaking it. If that happens, then when it comes time to study for the test, which is the action, Mm -hmm. do you think somebody who says that all the time is going to study for the test? No, because
0: they don't think it's... Why? why? It's
1: not relevant to me. I'm stupid. This is not for me. And so if they don't study for the test, they don't take the action... Then when the test comes, what result do you think they're gonna get? A good score or a bad mm. score? They're gonna get a bad score. It happens. You think it, you speak it, you act, it happens. Now here's the mm. part that sucks. That happens. Once you get that bad score, now it reinforces your pre-existing story. See, I am in fact stupid. I and what we do is we organize, the brain yeah. organizes itself and life and processes the world around it to prove itself right. Of course. Um, And it orients, it's the reticular activating system. It actually notices, pays special attention to things that reinforce beliefs it already has. Mm -hmm. Which goes to say this, what you believe isn't necessarily what is truth. We believe what we hear most often. Mm -hmm. And... We have a lot more control over that than people realize. Yes. Whatever you tell yourself most often is what becomes true. And um, it's, 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 you have to rewrite this, uh, your, your own stories about yourself, lest you are guaranteed to live into the stories that you tell yourself about yourself. Yes. And some people, Lewis, this is heartbreaking because one of the things that we have noticed is that, um, some some of you some of you uh, would never allow a stranger to talk about your kids or your spouse or, or your you, family or you. or you the way that you allow yourself to talk about it's you it's crazy and it's it's heartbreaking and you are creating your own future through the spoken word and then the alignment so you know to your other question our goal is just to as much as possible be aligning our yes. our, our words and our actions. Right. So and it's like okay if I'm late fine tell me mm-hmm. Lewis I'm running 5 minutes late. Mm-hmm. And then try to be there you know 4 4 minutes late not mm-hmm. 7 right? Mm-hmm. So it's just a constant alignment. It's it's a muscle that you can build you it can be as small as saying I'm going to pick up a piece I'm going to pick up that piece of trash and then you pick it up. You have added weight to your integrity. You've yes. reinforced it.
0: It's being your word.
1: And yes. your brain wants to reinforce it, which is what you got to be careful of. you just got to be intentional of that. Your brain yeah. is going to reinforce whatever you tell it. To. The brain is happy to do whatever you tell it to do. You have to tell it to do the right things.
0: And so once we are in alignment with our integrity, with our thoughts, our words, and our actions, what's the next thing?
1: Yeah, so the fifth, the, the fifth one is... Um, The Harvest Principle of Schedule. Mm -hmm. And so this is a lot of... So the
0: harvest or hardest? Harvest. Harvest.
1: Harvest Principle of Schedule. What's that mean? Yeah. So um, when people think of time, you know, the most common thing they hear of is the concept they hear the most is balance. I think balance is a horrible metaphor Mm. for how we spend our time because... Um balance by definition means equal force in opposite directions, right? So for these to be balanced, right. they would be equal force in opposite directions. That metaphor applied to our life and specifically our time suggests pretty directly that in order to, you know, achieve happiness or whatever, that we would spend equal time on different activities. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not only a discordant metaphor, it's, it's virtually an impossible pursuit. I mean, if you sleep eight hours a day and you work eight hours a day, then the only way you could ever achieve balance is to do one other activity, and it would have to be that one activity eight hours a day. It just doesn't make sense. It's impractical. The other thing is, the truth about achieving results is that, first of all, it doesn't take the same amount of time to achieve great results in different areas of our life. You don't have to work out, good news, you don't have to work out eight hours every day right. to be really healthy. Yeah. Now, if you wanna be the rock, you probably gotta work out four hours every day, right, right. okay? But if you just wanna be healthy, you might work out 30 minutes a day yeah. and be like in the, the top 10% of health yeah. You know, in in, just in, in eat, America. Eat well. Eat well, exercise, yeah. right? Um, every day, that's good news. You also don't have to spend eight hours every day with your spouse to have mm-hmm. a deep relationship.
0: No. In many cases, you <laughs> eight hours a day with your spouse over ten years, you <laughs> might ruin the relationship.
1: <laughs> but it's it's more about dedicated, a focused relationship, talking about things that are really deep and and, and personal, right. intimate. Yes, intimacy is allowing yourself to be seen, to be known. That is is powerful. Um, you don't have to make cold calls. Eight hours a day to be a great mm-hmm. salesperson. Right. If most salespeople made one hour of legitimate outbound prospecting activity, their pipeline would be so full in six months that they would just—they would have enough warm relationships. Mm-hmm. But they don't. They—they they do creative avoidance, and they spend an entire career doing everything they can do to dodge making a sales call. And they just it, procrastination, uh, you know, is a creditor that charges them interest, and they never get ahead. It just gets worse because yeah. they're not confronting the thing. So. What's the harvest principle of schedule? It's this concept that great results are not achieved through balance. Mm. Great results are achieved through short seasons of intensive imbalance, like a harvest. You know, a farmer, when the harvest season comes, you know, clearly I'm an indoor type, uh, (laughs) but, you know, people who farm, I hear, when the harvest comes, they will work 18 hours a day, they have to work 16, 18 hours during the harvest because the harvest is when the harvest is. It's a season. Mm -hmm. And during that season, if they want to maximize the results, they have to imbalance everything else for a short season. Now, that shouldn't be their lifestyle the whole year. That would be unhealthy. They'd be burnt out. They'd be burnt out. But again, it's focus. The way you create breakthroughs, like... Okay, here's a great example for me. When I was 45 pounds overweight, working out five minutes a day when I'm 45 pounds overweight, it's not going to do it, sweetheart. Like what I did is I said, I'm never going to drink soda again. I'm never going to eat fast food again. I am never going to eat sugar again. And I'm going to work out every single day until Mm -hmm. I get to where I want to be. Wow. And it is this short-term imbalance, a harvest season, where I go for this moment in my life. I'm super focused on this, mm-hmm. um, you know. And and that's how you 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 create a breakthrough. And then once you create that breakthrough, it's much easier to maintain that level of performance. Um, so so the way we think of it is, you actually allocate the minimum amount of energy, expend the minimum amount of energy maintaining everything else, right. And dedicate 100% Mm -hmm. of the excess energy in one direction to create an explosion, to create the power, the focus, the breakthrough. Um, You know, launching a book is a season. And this is true about, you know, authors, we have book launch season. Athletes have seasons. Accountants have tax season. Retailers have retail season. Mm -hmm. Seasons are a much more accurate reflection Of our lives and how they work, and how you actually create results.
0: Speaking my language with sports, there's a preseason, there's a season, there's a playoff season, and then there's the postseason. Postseason. You got to recover from that time, but the preseason, the training camp, you're going hard. You know the season, you've got weeks and and moments. You've got the game day, but you build up to it, and you go a lot hard in the beginning, and then the end, yeah. And uh, the postseason, you've got. All your attention on giving your best for those last couple weeks. And then, okay, it's time to recover, regroup, re- re-visualize what you want, and move move from there. Um, what are the last two steps? Because I think this is a lot for people to take on. And, yeah, this is a ton. I and, mean, it's uh, <laughs> a
1: yeah. lot. We're covering a lot of ground here.
0: You've got this entire process with lots of examples and exercises on how people can implement this in your book, Take the Stairs, The Seven Steps to Achieving... Uh, success. But what would you say are the last two? Um, And I want people to get this book and go through it as well so they can have all of it. But what are the last two?
1: Thank you. Um, Yeah. So real quick. So the perspective principle of faith is number six, Yes.
0: uh, which
1: is my favorite of the seven, because um, it is the other six are all strategies to achieve. The perspective principle of faith is all about how do ultra performers respond to failure? Mm. Uh, The short of it is just this that faith is choosing to believe that what is happening now is somehow for a greater good later on. It's
0: so hard for people to think that way. Hard. It's, I, only, I believe that's the only way you can think in order to not go crazy yep. in some level, because there's so much pain. There's so much unfairness in the world for a lot of people. There's so many things that you wish didn't happen to you, friends, family, loved ones that happen, and they're gonna continue to happen. And we can either live in pain and suffering and frustration and resentment and anger of the world or whatever unfairness has happened, or we can choose to have faith that this is happening for a greater cause, a greater reason, and I don't know what it's gonna be. Maybe I'll know in a year, maybe it takes 20 years, maybe I'll never know, and I'm, someone else will know. But you've got to learn that principle.
1: You have to make that choice. It's the hardest of the seven choices, but it is most most significant in the long term. I actually once heard someone describe heaven as a bunch of people walking around going, oh, now I see why that happened. Right. Now I see why that happened. One little shortcut on this, um, because pain is, is real, and we live in a broken world, and it's painful. When you're experiencing pain, the healthiest, and, and I think like the only way to respond to it is to is to is to choose to believe that the pain you're going through is preparing you to become the person you one day need to be for somebody else. Oh man! Otherwise, good. I run out of endurance. Otherwise, I give up. My discipline is gone. Right.
0: Otherwise, you'll go into addiction or drinking right. or binge eating or binge yeah. watching, and you'll just say, "What's the point?"
1: We could do a whole a What's whole other point? conversation <laughs> on this at some
0: point. What's the point? Why don't I even show up? This Why? is unfair. This happened. I lost my child, or I, I got injured, or why is this happening? In the
1: moment, it is unfair. Yes. But in the through perspective, it's the perspective principle yes. of faith, our ability to have peace is directly proportionate to the term of our perspective. Ooh. If I'm focused here and now, it's unfair, it, it's angering, it's yes. enough to break you. If I zoom back and I go, oh, maybe I'm pr- being prepared to help this person, or maybe that's going to lead to this, maybe that flat tire that I got that really made me mad prevented me from a fatal car accident down the road. If I don't have, in the moment, all I see is the flat tire and I'm, I'm pissed. But if I said, if I had the perspective of going, oh, it saved me from a fatal car accident, I would look at the same incident in a completely different way. And we don't have that gift of foresight, but we do have the gift of choice.
0: Absolutely. absolutely. It's, it's
1: strong. It's not easy. That's a tough one. This is hard. That's a tough That's one.
0: That's a tough one. And the last step would last be... Last one
1: is the pendulum principle of action. <laughs>
0: the pendulum principle of action. Uh, okay.
1: I'm not going to tell you the whole story, but here, here's what I will tell you with, and this is a good, a good thing to leave you with, is that um, you know all of these are difficult decisions. They're difficult choices. It's, it's a decision to take the stairs in every area of life. In every way, it's the truth of greatness. It's the truth of every success story. Success is never mm-hmm. an accident. Mm-hmm. Um, it it is, um, but it is deciding every day to keep going. Yeah, um, it's something that we call the rent axiom, which is that success is never owned. Success is only rented, and the rent is due every day. Mm-hmm. And the rent is paid through the small, seemingly Insignificant, trivial choices that we make each and every day, and success is simply the the trajectory of those choices compounded over time in your life. But to become, you know, a, a, a multimillionaire is not some big, extravagant event that happens overnight. Um, it is small decisions made repeatedly, mm-hmm. and a decision and a commitment to make them each and every day. What's
0: the Muhammad Ali quote about service is the rent you pay for your room here on earth or something like that. I don't that. know. I don't think I've heard that one. That sounds like I, a good something one. Something like service is the the rent you pay for your room here on earth. I like that. Something like are the house here on earth. Something like that. And I think if you can take action uh, and be in service with your action to whatever your gift is, whatever your truth is in that season of life and you can be uh, a greater good through your actions some way, somehow, then that's gonna even multiply what's coming for you in the future.
1: Absolutely, and, and you know, one thing that is huge of, of this is we have, we have seen, and, and we have some data that proves that the, the more accountability you have in your life around these principles, the more likely you are to succeed. Mm. Um, and it just makes sense, you are who your friends are, mm-hmm. but we don't live in a take the stairs world. We live in an escalator world. Most right. of the world is looking for shortcuts uh, and quick fixes. You have to surround yourself with take the stairs people, mm-hmm. people doing the things that other people aren't willing to do.
0: Growth minded people, and you need accountability. It's hard to stay focused, to commit, to be in integrity, to manage your schedule, make to, sacrifices, to make sacrifices, and to choose faith. Choose faith in a time of pain. We're pain. all going to have it and to take consistent action. This is one of the reasons why we created Greatness Coaching. Uh, some of you guys may have heard about mm-hmm. this. If you haven't applied for Greatness Coaching, go to lewishouse.com coaching right now. Check it out. It's a year-long accountability program that supports you in your goals, getting clarity, having a community of high achievers surrounding you with support, and having a monthly game plan that you can focus on and take action on to build momentum month after month year after year. Check it out, lewishousecom slash coaching and apply if you feel like it's right for you. You can read all about it there, see testimonials and all that stuff. Again, lewishousecom slash coaching for greatness coaching for a year of accountability. Rory, this is amazing. Take the stairs. This is all about the science of success. We just scratched the surface on these things. They can learn more by getting your book, following you on social media, Rory Vaden, everywhere online. And uh, I appreciate you, man. Thank you so much for being here. My pleasure, brother. You're the man. Nice, appreciate it. Always. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, make sure to spread the message of greatness to a friend. Text a few friends right now or post us on social media. Tag me and Rory Vaden as well so we know who is listening and what you got out of this. And if this is your first time here, click the subscribe button right now over on Apple Podcast so you can stay up to date on the latest and greatest from the School of Greatness show. And I'm going to leave you with this quote from karen lamb who said a year from now you may wish you had started today i want you to think about the things you could do right now on a daily basis that your future self will thank you for what is that thing you've got to do consistently that will take time to get results But in six months, a year, two years, five years, you'll be thanking your older self for constantly showing up for your future self. What is that thing? Really think about that for yourself and start implementing that on a daily basis. Your future self will constantly be thanking you for showing up for yourself today. And I want to remind you, if no one has told you lately, that you are loved, you are worthy, and you matter. And I'm so grateful for you. And you know what time it is. It's time to go out there and do something great.